Okay. <laughs> Hello, happy middle of the night, or actually, whatever time of day you're listening to this, I hope it's a lovely and peaceful one. Welcome to Threadings, the newsletter and podcast where we explore the stuff that keeps me stitched together and collected, including, not limited to, black feminism, love studies, abolition, and all of her tenants. And one tenant that I've been focused on in particular over short form videos, so over TikTok and on Instagram, which, oh my goodness, I'm a, such a terrible host. Hi, my name is Ismotu. Uh, Minds is the life that we're threading together as I endeavor to learn in public and as I endeavor to drink my tea. Oh, pistachio with oat milk and a whole heap of sugar. Like I said, it is the middle of the night and we have a bitch trying to read. Miracles do happen once in a while, if you believe. Over on TikTok and Instagram, I have been talking about the things that I'm reading in public, and I've been focused on Mutual Aid by Dean Spade, as well as a couple sister texts. We're going to get into those a little bit later. However, a lot of people asked me for a resource list. I turned up my flat Negro nose because there's a resource list in the back of the book. I'm not going to do better than the author. Why wouldn't you listen to them? However, I understand that for a lot of people who are newer to things or getting back into things or transitioning back into reading um, as a part of their daily practice for better lives like I am doing, outside resources can be really helpful. So I made it. <laughs> this is a summary of the Mutual Lemonade series and a list of aforementioned resources. So anything that I've like referenced more than once that hasn't already been cited in another essay is here for you ready to go. If you would prefer the written version of this where you can click on things, go ahead and go over to Substack, baby. Nothing's stopping you. You can go. I don't bite. Um, certainly not without consent. So without further ado, here lies a recap of the mutual lemonade. Ha, get it. <laughs> uh, that's a visual pun. I spelled it lemon slash aid because TikTok bans me when I say mutual aid, it's not. Anyways, the mutual lemonade series I did in short form video. If you go click on the link, if you click on that link uh, of the picture of mutual aid, the entire text will come up with anarchist library. I can't just type that out on Substack because I feel like I'm gonna get in trouble. I just don't wanna risk it, but you know, y'all are the listeners, y'all cool. Yeah, go, go get the text. You don't have to buy it if you don't wanna buy it. Read it, read it for free. Since y'all stay asking me for resource lists, this is the here damn of it all. <laughs> if you buy a physical copy, make sure to get it from Verso Books, the original publisher. They are an independent publishing house in the UK, and I believe they're the largest distributor of radical and abolitionist texts in the United Kingdom. So I love that that's this not sponsor. They didn't pay me to say this. They didn't ask me to say this. I just fuck with them. So you can get it from there. You can get it from wherever you buy your books, anywhere but Krusty does to Amazon. Um, and then secondarily, uh, I don't support bookstores that are forces of gentrification. I'm not going to name no names, but that's all I'll say. There are four critical questions that you want to ask. I'm throwing shots. It's the middle of the night. <laughs> there are four critical questions you want to ask when you are considering a set of claims. First, who wrote it? Who the hell is speaking to me? Secondly, for what reason? Why did they sit down and write an entire book about this thing that they feel so passionately about? Thirdly, for what audience? Who are they imagining is going to read this book and what do they want to tell me specifically? And fourthly and finally, what's missing? 
I did already go through these questions with uh, a lot of detail in a live that I did. It's already posted. There's a vid there's a version with captions and there's on-screen annotations. I think it's very fun. It took me forever to edit, so please go enjoy. There's also a shorter video, which if you're hearing this and it's not, there will be some of you that are real quick on the uptake. So it's about two of you that are going to be like, it's not here yet. It's because mildly asynchronous, but if you are a normal person who does not work uh, in the middle of the night, it'll be there. Over on TikTok, Instagram, you know the vibes. And uh, we have a patchwork thesis from the book that I kind of put together. The thing about, and this is just you and me talking, you know, uh, as friends. Uh, something that we don't always account for when we're reading big girl texts. You know, texts that are written for adults that are under the impression that you are an adult that reads and have been using your reading muscles is that the thesis is way longer than a sentence um, and that there's multiple things that the book argues over the course of time. So as the book goes through its thesis set, I'll say, that usually requires a, like a couple iterations of this, this is true, then we can extrapolate this set of points. And every chapter has a thesis of itself. Honestly, each paragraph will have a thesis that relates to the chapter, that relates to the section, that relates to the book, okay? So the introductions of books they act as one long thesis for what you're about to read. So I went through the f introduction and just pulled out like a couple key things as the, the, the threaded thesis, at least for the first portion of the book. Mutual aid is split up, I would say, into two acts. Acts one, how do we think about mutual aid in our uh, socioeconomic physical circumstance? So what has mutual aid looked like across the world, across movements for, for different um, and varying wins like what does winning look like for the black panthers and how did they uh bring that about through mutual aid what does winning look like for ground zero for covid and what it, like what does winning look like for residents of hong kong in 2019 in early 2020 etc um and then the book goes into more about how to guide and talks about things that you uh want what you don't want what you wish to avoid what you want to do to be effective and successful and loving and what you might want to avoid so I have three points for you and again in the, the the readable version of this there are resources that are linked that you can go take a look at point one the contemporary political climate is defined by emergency and the united states and other imperializing governments actively produce and exacerbate said emergencies right so that's two prong the contemporary political climate the, the stuff we're waiting through right now is defined by emergency that's the big emergency. Emergencies everywhere, okay? And it, these emergencies are not just happenstance. They're not just random chaos. That is the way of the world. That's not the way of this world. This world is set up to create emergency, to perpetuate emergency, to make emergency worse, which broadens the burdens of people that are working class, any sort of marginalized. And the more axes of marginalization you're under, the more crises that you are touching on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis year to year and they deepen in severity so that is disaster capitalism or it's it's one of the i'll say bedrock ideas of disaster capitalism coined by naomi klein Naomi Klein might be uh like she, she's a toothy read if you're out of the practice of reading um especially reading longer academic texts i linked an article from teen vogue i fucking love teen vogue 
called What is Disaster Capitalism? A Cycle of Crisis, Exploitation, and Privatization. Give it a read. It's a good one, and it's a short one. And it'll give you, I think, uh, a lovely, again, bite-sized amount of background to be able to tackle this book in context. Point two, because of this, people band together to survive. Because of this, this meaning disaster capitalism, the presence of these created and ongoing emergencies, people band together to survive. So the survival work, when it's done in conjunction with social movements that demand transformative change, that's called mutual aid. The work of surviving all of these various disasters, when done in conjunction, at the same time, in the same hands, as larger social movements that demand transformative change, structural change, infrastructural change, that's called mutual aid. I have here linked an article from The Nation from 2020 in the Navajo Nation or Diné Nation, Diné Land. Would you even call it a nation? That feels counterintuitive. Anyways, in the Navajo Nation, anarchism has indigenous roots. Out of a vacant coffee shop, the collective's um, Ke'e, a info shop is dedicated to mutual aid on America's largest reservation. This is also a really, really great read and helps to give an indigenous foundation to the ideas of anarchy. Dean Spade is self-described as an anarchist and I think that anarchism for people of people that are not like white thinkers, might look a lot different so that's also a really good read we have point three mutual aid remember point one is disasters abound and that is on purpose point two is we do the work of surviving these disasters and making life better so that less disasters happen it's called mutual aid point three mutual aid has been a part of all large and powerful social movements and it has a particularly important role to play right now as we face unprecedented dangers with opportunities for mobilization so mutual aid paired with bolder strategies caretakes for our people while placing stress and friction on the systems that harm us a great example of this is an article pulled from history history history.com uh how the black sorry history.org how the Black Panthers Breakfast Program both inspired and threatened the government. The Panthers' popular breakfast programs put pressure on political leaders to feed children before school. So that's an example of mutual aid, uh, in this case, food sovereignty and communal sovereignty, giving food to children before school so that they don't go to school hungry. That being attached to a larger social movement, the Black Panther Party for Socialism across the United States, armed defense self-determination all of those things and and then you know the black panther party was heavily involved with the black liberation army um with the republic of new africa uh, like larger social movements of the civil rights movement that's it helped these people who were in at the time that they were alive unprecedented times of apartheid in the united states surviving and living past segregation and Jim Crow when they engaged in mutual aid they were able to caretake for their own people and they placed stress and friction on the systems that harmed them in the first place such as the United States federal government um, who engaged in the low intensity warfare but uh, that's an entirely separate essay we have a couple reading hints to close us out in bullet points 
The first chapter of these texts, like I already said, but I'm going to say it again, are usually introductions to the rest of the points in the book. In this way, they function as long, semi-slash-very detailed thesis statements. So it's one long thesis argument, I'll say, and then many statements of thesis, many ar- many arguments to prove the point of the greater good. So I just listed out your, your greater goods. These are the greatest goods you're ever going to get. Okay, like, and then the rest of the book is going to keep breaking down these great big ideas into... Um, examples narratives moments from history um recent history compounding ongoing history etc it's really going to place it in context for you so that you can find somewhere to sink your particular teeth in right that's why you always want to think about the audience that it was written for and the audience that you're a part of read it slowly and read it more than once the introduction it's it's not i think that uh spade did a really good job of writing this book in very plain language so i don't think that the introduction is particularly hard to understand it's that the word choice is really specific so every sentence really packs a punch make sure to go over it slowly read it once highlight some things if you're a physical book haver it's okay to write in your physical books i know we were all told that that's not okay as children but you're an adult now this year pussy you can do what you want write in your books if you want to Read it again, set it down, pick it back up, wait a second and let it sink in again. Highlight what you think are the thesis statements and then kind of get into the book. Give your time, give, give yourself time to sit with the, the theses as they're presented to you so that you can know what to look for in terms of the arguments threading themselves together over the course of the text. <clears throat> Watching the author talk about the book is also really super helpful. So this is hyperlinked to the talk that Dean Spade gives with scholars, organizers, and teachers, Mariam Kaba and Ijeris Dixon. There, it's just, I, I, it's something that I've come back to just to like cook my dinner and feel peace. I love this talk. <laughs> they talk about the book, um, them as a unit, and also Dean Spade specifically talks about the book um, as well as the ways that they apply it to their own life, their own organizing over the course of years. Stunning. For my audio visual learners, there's also a video series that Dean Spade did with the Barnard Center on Research on Women. It's very lovely. And you would have known about this series had you watched uh, the live replay because it's in the show notes for that. But, uh, you know, if you're new and you're hip, go ahead and get hip. It's very, very good. Um, and I think that consuming a text in multiple ways is always really helpful just to really get that knowledge penetrating well take notes also take notes while you read if you have a physical text it's okay to write in the book okay i write in the book i love writing in the book and then my biggest 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 piece of advice if you hear nothing else for these little helpful reading tips here this one read it twice read it more than once you learn way more from the reread than you do the first time through first time through you're reading for comprehension The next time through is when you're really looking at these arguments, seeing how they relate to one another, thinking about, oh, I didn't actually know about this movement. Let me go ahead and and look, look at, you know, circular reading when it mentions something and you're like, I didn't know that. Now you're Googling. Now you're reading about a history that you didn't know. Okay, now you're coming back to the text. It makes more sense. You see me? I read this book three times to talk about this series. I read it once uh, years ago. I'm saying years like it's been a long time. Uh, in 2021, I read it, uh, lightly for graduate school, but then I was reading this and I was like, Hey, this shit is spit. This is really good. Did y'all mean to give me this? Cause this is really good. <laughs> um, and then I read it again 
for at the start of this mutual aid series and then i read it again in august because i was like i i need it again three times okay and i'm probably gonna, that's uh, i'm not gonna stop it's a really good how-to guide okay i don't retain everything amazing the first time i read a book through and i'm okay that's okay i'm, I'm okay to say that i read fast and i skim and it doesn't matter how much i will my brain to slow down the adhd is going adhd and she's gonna read as fast as she wants my little speeder hamster in a wheel brain so I have to read it a couple times to make sure that I really, really got the, the, the meat and potatoes, okay? There's no shame in rereading. I applaud you for it. And then, I know I already said this. I'm going to say it again. Utilize the resources in the book. Utilize the resource list in the book, okay? There's a lovely picture from the Slow Factory about the callings and roles for collective liberation. I'm going to just read out a couple that I that I resonate with. Healer, heals intergenerational wounds and provides a path forward. Troublemaker, isn't afraid to ruffle the little feathers. Communicator, tells the stories and touches the souls of millions of people. Artist, inspires people to be in touch with their humanity. Researcher, carries out academic, scientific, or investigative research. Writer, Writes books, stories, poetry, films, TV shows, articles, op-eds for new paradigms. And that's just a couple. There are a lot. So oftentimes when we think about the work of liberation, we think about two things. We think about organizing, you know, like in quotes, kind of whatever that is. Like, oh, I'm an organizer. That means that you are an important radical, quote unquote. And then we think about uh, direct action in terms of protests, strikes, being out on the streets, things that involve direct contact with the police. It could potentially be violent. Like we think about risk and those things are not untrue. However, worlds are not built by ambiguous organizing and being out in quotes on the streets. Both of these are more of ideas than they are real physical things. Cause even when you have organizing, you have organizing across every kind of system there is because new worlds need many systems to make sure that they run sustainably and kindly. Even when you think about being on the streets, there are so many different kinds of people involved in organizing a protest that keeps people safe while making sure that they're heard. So past that, even past the ideas that kind of bubble up immediately, we can also think of every access of culture, community, camaraderie has way more than one shade in this tapestry we all fit in here somewhere right so this is why i need you to look through that resource list and see what pops out to you i understand that a lot of us are here because we value me and we value my perspectives and we have that in common i like my perspective it's mine <laughs> it lives in my body it does me well it keeps me safe but you want to know why i didn't post this resource list for so long because i don't want to give you the tools to just adopt my analysis or my way of thinking of things. I am a paradigm, I'm not the paradigm. I am a lens, I'm not the correct lens. Or maybe even not a correct lens, what is correct? Even this analysis that I'm posting, analysis, quote unquote, like these resources I'm posting, these interpretation of these words, is real light, I'm keeping it light on purpose. I want you to use the resource list in the back and the resources that are cited throughout the book. You don't need some two-bit Tracy on the internet telling you how to explore more. Look at the resources. Lean into your own curiosities and figure out what shades really appeal to you, what colors you want to paint with on this tapestry of freedom. You are an amalgamation 
of the people who built the things you touch. You. No one in this world can think like you. So everyone has a lane in world making. Do not let my lenses on my observable world overshadow the lenses on your own. I'm going to run that back. I'm asking you kindly. Please do not let my lenses on my observable world overshadow your own lenses. And if you feel so led, please respond to this in however you see fit. I think on Spotify, there's a comment feature. I love that. Or if you're an Apple podcast person, I don't know, rate the podcast and use the rating to tell me how, how you're thinking about this. Or if you're seeing this on the Substack, would love comments. I want you to, to draw for me what it is you see. When you see collective liberation, when you see winning, when you see what you're called to or what, what colors interest you, what lanes interest you. What resources you are most excited about? What do, what do you see? What does is, what is mutual aid by Dean Spade look like from your lens? This is the process of learning together. That's all. Much love. Be well. I'm hoping the work of your day passes through your hands with much, 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 much dignity. And where, whatever your discouragements with the state of the world, breathe deep. We're going to do this. You ready? Get yourself ready for a nice big inhale. Through your nose and out through your mouth. Just one big one. Ready? We are alive today. And I'm grateful for that. I am so grateful. And freedom. Freedom is coming tomorrow. That's something I say all the time. Um, it's from a musical called Serafina, which starred, uh, Mary, um, among other big, big names, Miriam Makeba. And it's about the Soweto student uprising in apartheid South Africa. When the world is heavy. I love that movie. Tomorrow will come, Betsy. I hope the work of your day passes through your hands with ease.